Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Scope. I'm your co-host, Patrick Shaheen. And I'm uh, Cole Henry. Uh, well, bud, how's your day going? It's going great, man. Uh, good uh, Tuesday morning. Had a good football game on last night. We have our mascot, Jack, in studio with us. So if you hear some clicking going on, maybe a bark here and there. Yeah, he's a uh, third guy in the studio today. All right, we're going to get started with uh, Javier Mendez, uh, some comments that he made about Daniel Cormier potentially fighting two or three more times. Uh, Cormier had originally said that he wanted to retire by his 40th birthday, which will be coming um, this March. But now Javier Mendez is saying that he thinks that Dana White could potentially convince Cormier to fight uh, two or three more times. So I guess if if Cormier does fight uh, two or three more times, who are some opponents that you'd like to see him matched up against? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, man. Like when, tell me when he beat Steve A. Brock came into the octagon. That wasn't at least entertaining. It was definitely entertaining, and I, I saw that Cormier said that he wanted to fight Stepe or Jones next. I mean, uh, sorry, Stepe or Lesnar next, and uh, I don't really want to see a Stepe rematch. Uh, it's not that Stepe doesn't deserve it. It's just, you know, in, in terms of, you know, if. I just I think I'd be more interested in seeing a fight that we haven't already seen, even if it is um, Brock Lesnar. Uh, what about a, 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 or a third fight with John Jones? You know who really deserves another fight with Daniel Cormier? Derek Lewis. Give Derek another shot. Um, uh, John, a third fight with John Jones. You know I don't want to see that uh, because I know John will win. What about at heavyweight? I don't think John takes too much. I. I I don't think John Jones at 20 would be less of a fighter than John Jones at 205. How do you feel about who do you want to see Cormier fight next? I, I would, uh. You know it's Brock. I, I mean, in, in, in all honesty, I would. Yeah, that's probably the fight I'd most. It would sell. Yeah, it'd be interesting People to see. People would it. watch um, it. Get Ronda Rousey in there fighting. I don't know. That same dude Floyd fought not that long ago. That'd oh, be a good fight. That would be interesting. Yeah. I saw Connor called that guy. Well, we'll, we'll get to that yeah, later. Yeah, that was... Um, anyway, yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. I guess Lesnar, uh, Jones, and then a third fight for Cormier. I, I don't know. It'd be Stipe. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the... I, I don't think Stipe doesn't deserve a shot. I think he hasn't handled... Uh, defeat very well. He's handled it very poorly. He initially handled it well. He was yeah, like uh, gracious in defeat, but yeah, he's, he's been a like, little bitter. He, he can, but he legitimately has an argument. You know, best heavyweight ever. You know, he's definitely in the conversation. I don't know. I mean, he's he's using his uh, his amount of title defenses as his uh, his reasoning for for calling himself the best heavyweight ever. I I don't know. To me, the best heavyweight ever doesn't get stopped in one round. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I just I, so. So you're saying you want to see Kane fight DC? That's well, I'm just saying. I, I think. I mean, you know, maybe Stipe does need to fight Cormier again if he really wants to consider himself. I think the fight for Stipe should be Kane Velasquez. Yeah. But uh, that's not happening. Yeah, Kane's got. Stipe fight. needs to fight. Stipe needs to get off his ass and fight. Yeah. I, Mr. Mirage, if you ever listen to this, don't. Please don't beat me. I'm yeah, we're, we're probably safe on that for the time being. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, one of the, blow up one day, bud. Yeah, 
on to the next little bit. Um, John Jones, speaking of next opponents, John Jones has uh, opened as a heavy favorite in a potential fight against Daniel Cormier, Brock Lesnar, and Stipe Miocic. I uh, probably don't disagree with any of those odds. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about this a lot lately, but out of those three opponents, Daniel Cormier, Brock Lesnar, and Stipe Miocic, who would you most be interested in seeing John Jones compete against? I'm looking forward to him fighting Anthony Smith, personally. I mean, I, I really am, too. I think uh, it's a good fight. I think he, uh, Smith's going to go in there with no conscience and, and try to knock John Jones out. It seems like uh, the last time an opponent of John Jones was written off, um, and you know, in, in the way that Smith is being written off, it was Gustafsson the first time. That ended up being a fun fight. You know, these are two guys with similar body styles. Yeah. Um, you now know, the striking is not comparable. That's the thing. When you think about their skills, it seems like Jones is far and away the better fighter, but uh, Anthony Smith has found ways to win. He definitely hits hard. and uh, His last, Ozdemir was his last fight? Yeah. He got tested in that fight. He, he did. And he came back and won it. He took some big shots, and Jones probably doesn't have that power that Ozdemir has, but he did show against Gustafsson that he can hurt you with his kicks, not necessarily knock you out with them, which, you know, he, he can do that too, but... He'll he'll damage you with those low kicks and. Uh, uh, I'd like to apologize for not answering your initial question. Of those three guys, for John Jones, Daniel Cormier, Brock Lesnar, Steve Miocic. Uh, of course, I want to see Brock. I want to see Brock beat Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title, and then beat John Jones for the heavyweight title, and then. There's no argument there. Brock Lesnar is just the best athlete to ever walk the face of the earth, and we can crown him. If he could somehow pull that off, Bro, I, would, I would agree with you, but uh, that's a bit of a tall order. I think order. Brock has the striking advantage over Jones. Um, okay, I'm sorry, can you say that I'm, one more time? It, it, it didn't I'm even... It didn't okay, even. we can... It didn't even we track. It didn't even track what you said Bro, at first. You know it's true. Okay. On to the next one. Um Fabricio Verdum has requested his release from the UFC. He's of course uh dealing with an USADA suspension right now. And his argument is that uh, I think he's facing two years and he uh is forty one years of age and I think he just feels that he's he's in the final few years of his fighting career, and he doesn't want to spend them on the shelf. So he's asked to be released from the UFC uh, with the condition that he won't fight in the United States. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. The UFC said that Verdum, uh, that they would like for him to finish out his contract. But uh, I just, I personally here, I hope the UFC just lets him go so that he can make a little bit of money. Hate to see it. Yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate for a guy like Verdum who, uh, you know, he says he didn't. So. He says he didn't cheat. Who knows whether or not he did. He but, assaulted uh, the best welterweight with a boomerang. Colby Covington. Well, you know. Um, now, where is he going to go fight? I don't know. He could go Ryzen? fight in... Uh, he could fight in... K-1? Ryzen. He could fight in... Um, what's that promotion? Uh, the, they have the, the one in Chechnya. I know he's friendly with the president there. Who knows? There'd, there'd be uh, places he could fight, I'm sure. I want to meet the Chechen president. I think that guy's kind of a... Well, we don't talk about politics. Uh, on to the next one. Uh, the UFC has reclined... Reclined... Okay. Declined to re-sign uh, MMA analyst Jimmy Smith. Uh, Smith was a big signing for the UFC when he came over from Bellator around this time last year. 
and uh, I, th- I thought he's done pretty good work. But um, I, honestly, I, this doesn't strike me as a big surprise, just because he he kind of did seem to be uh, lost in the shuffle. I guess he never really seemed to stand out. Uh, as good as he is at his job, he just never really seemed to stand out for whatever reason. Um, you have any thoughts about him leaving the UFC? I I, I don't think he. I don't know if it was him or the opportunity itself. Um, they didn't use him correctly. He should have been doing Joe's job anytime Joe wasn't doing that job. And mm, yeah. It feels like they really tried to go. They chose Anik over mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith, pretty much. Or yeah, Anik and a fighter over Jimmy. I, I don't. That's get what it. I was. It was always a shuffle, and it was just hard to really ever associate Jimmy Smith with really with what his job even was. Yeah. He just never really seemed like a UFC guy. He just kind of seemed like he was just there a lot of times. He's going to go be the next Jim Ross in the WWE. It's going to be great. Yeah, well. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Smith. He, he's very good at his job. Uh, I, I don't think it's absurd of the UFC. I think they had envisioned what his role was going to be, and it didn't pan out. Yeah, and I think they're clearly going towards the way... It seems like they just want fighters. fighters yeah, which, and, and not... Uh, you know, which Jimmy Smith is a retired fighter, but he, you know, he's not a retired UFC yeah. fighter. He fought in the early days, and uh, I don't think people necessarily associate him... With fighting. With, yeah, I mean, with being, with being a, a fighter. fighter, yes. So uh, I think the UFC which is Which I just, think actually played a good thing for him in Bellator, honestly, because he was just an expert. Well, he knew all about mixed martial arts. He never bragged about his experience in mixed martial arts. He would explain things the way Joe and and him, it in mixed martial arts. I think it's those two guys, and then it's a boss. Rutan is kind of entertaining sometimes. Yeah, I think honestly, when Jimmy Smith was in Bellator, it was easy to make the comparison that he was Bellator's Joe Rogan. Yeah, but when they were actually in the same company, you saw that he just he doesn't quite have the same. Um, enthusiasm for the sport. I don't mean, you know, he, he might have it internally, but just he doesn't show it in the way that Rogan does. And I just yeah. think that, uh, you know, Joe Rogan's been endeared to people. Yeah. I mean, you saw that picture of Rogan reacting to the cyborg uh, loss. He just, I mean, he's got his arms up in the air. Look, he's on a roller coaster. He just, he's just endeared to the fans. And I don't think Jimmy Smith has that same, um, I, I don't know what word, but he, he's just not in the same place as Rogan. All right, we're going to move on to just some rapid-fire questions. Basically what we've been doing, but just uh, just some thoughts about um, a few of the bits of news we've had lately. Uh, first up, Anthony Pettis considering moving up to 170 to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that potential matchup? I don't like it for Anthony Pettis. Um, I think Wonderboy is right there with the best welterweights in the world. And... Uh, Anthony Pettis was struggling to remain a top ten lightweight, lightweight in the world. It's gonna be a cool fight. I think you'll see a lot of technical striking. It'd be a cool, yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool in the sense you have a former lightweight champion moving up to fight a, a top bantam or sorry, top welterweight contender. Uh, they're both good strikers, but definitely different in terms of the the, the means that they strike. Um, both got, you know, Pettis brought the fight up. Wonderboy responded, uh, seemed to be interested in the fight. The UFC seems to be interested. It seems like a fight that we could see soon. I think Pettis has realized that he's uh, 
just he's an interesting case because he was the top lightweight for a while, but it seems like since he's fallen from that pedestal, he's uh he seems well and below the top lightweights now. I, I think he's just realized that he's probably better off just trying to get these interesting fights and uh, I don't Good know. move on his part. Yeah, definitely. Stay relevant. Uh, you know, if him and Tony go to the third round, you could be talking about potential fight of the year. That fight was amazing. It was a good fight. Um, he, he's, he, he's a good fighter and he, he's kind of set his career up this way to book interesting fights, which isn't sustainable for a champion as we saw because the interesting fight's not always going to come, and then you're going to have to face a guy who stylistically is a horrible matchup for you. Wonderboy Thompson is not a stylistic matchup. Nightmare for Anthony Pettis. He's longer, but Pettis is going to be the aggressor in that fight, I can only imagine, the way he took it to Tony Ferguson. Yeah. It's going to be a very fun fight to watch. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, there's a, a slew of guys at 155 and 170 that I think Anthony Pettis could put on great fights with. All right, next one. Uh, TJ Dillashaw is, of course, dropping down to flyweight to face Henry Cejudo for his uh, flyweight championship. And uh, he stated that after he wins that belt, he would consider moving up to 145 to fight Max Holloway for his belt. And if he were able to do that and win, he'd be the first three-division champion in UFC history. So I guess, uh, what do you think the chances of us seeing him beat Max Holloway are? Dillashaw... Um, you do have the, to remember, Dillashaw did compete at featherweight back in the day. Um, I mean, look, uh, Burrell was massive when he fought Burrell. And Holloway's probably a little bit longer, but I think Burrell at the time was thicker than Holloway. Um, possible. The height difference would be amazing. It'd be a really fun fight. It'd be an interesting fight, because it would really be a fight where you'd have to see, you know, if Dillashaw could get inside, but his, uh, you know, he'd have to get inside on Holloway. And, and he'd have to take some big shots to do so. Yeah. And it, Holloway it, doesn't miss, man. It would be an interesting fight. I mean, obviously the size would be an issue, but it still would be... How do you see him and Sayudo playing out? Uh, you know, I think Henry Sayudo's a good fighter. I think he's well-rounded, but I think he's... Do you think he beat DJ in this last fight? I, th- I mean, I, I I scored that fight for MMA Torch. I was uh, covering those fights, and I want to say I scored it then three rounds to two for Sehudo, and I haven't watched it since. But um, I remember being just not shocked at the decision, but just shocked that Mighty Mouse lost a fight. My thing is, I if Dillashaw can drop the flyweight and retain his speed and movement, I have a hard time seeing Sehudo being able to keep Same. up with that. And I would say that I think that he'll Sehudo's just... Sehudo's not going to take Dillashaw down. I, don't, I mean, as good as Sehudo's wrestling is, obviously he's an Olympian. I, I don't know that it's been so dominant in MMA that you can say he's 100% sure, 100% for sure going to be able to use it to dictate the pace of the fight. I think Dillashaw's striking is... Um, so much more elite than Sayudo. Same with Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse is just smaller than Sayudo. You're going to see length on the side of Dillashaw. Sayudo's not going to have a speed advantage. Yeah, that's just how I see it. He's just kind of a clunkier guy. Now, granted, these are flyweights. I mean, that you know... You're going to see him shoot it's all relative. a lot, They're... if I had to guess. Yeah. I wouldn't stand in front he, of TJ Dillashaw. That's what he did against 
Demetrius Johnson. His game plan was to just, just try to take him down. I mean, you know, if you re- remember that fight, and like I said, I haven't watched it since it happened, but he mostly just moved forward, tried to get the takedowns when he could, and I think the takedowns that he got in each round probably won him the fight. They're disbanding that division after this fight. That seems to be where we're headed, but we'll see. You know, if Sehudo goes in and KOs TJ Dillashaw in the first round, you know, do they still scrap the division? Or I'd say they still scrap the division and they fight for the 135. It almost seems like if they were going to scrap it, though, they just would have had Sehudo fight for the Bantamweight title here. Because if yeah, if Dillashaw does win, you know you then what do you do then? You call him a champ, champ, and you disband the division. Uh, yeah, I think I, that's what Dana's envisioning. I guess that's true. TJ wins it, and then you have a slew of one twenty fivers moving up to one thirty five, and now there's more depth at the one thirty five, uh, and then TJ doesn't fight at one thirty five and moves up to fight Max Hall. It, you know. Yeah. All right. Next one. Um, John Jones, we already talked about some potential opponents for him. And, we, of course, we know now that he's going to be fighting um, Anthony Smith at UFC 235. But uh, Luke Rockhold has been stating he, – he's been talking a lot for a while about moving up to, to light heavyweight. But uh, the last couple of weeks he's been talking about it a lot. And yesterday or the day before he made some comments about, uh, you know, he thinks that John Jones is scared to fight Daniel Cormier at heavyweight. And I, I, I don't know. It was a – Basically, Luke Rockhold wants to fight John Jones is what it all comes down to, and he thinks that Jones doesn't want to fight him. Um, so for starters, Jones versus Rockhold. Uh, first, I'll say for that that was a that's a fight that would have been very appealing a few years ago. Uh, at this point, I think Rockhold might need to come in and get a few wins before he starts talking about fighting John Jones. But um, what in do you his think defense, about that? One? The top of the Two o five is very I, thin, and I think the guy that is probably the most deserving of a shot is actually getting a shot, which is interesting for any division these days. Yeah, uh, Anthony Smith. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Anthony the, the Smith actual... isn't the most entertaining. Isn't the most, he's an exciting fighter, but he's not the coolest guy. Like he's not or, or a the most favorite. well known, but he's yeah. the, the actual. But he's been on a tear, yeah. and he's been doing it in dominant fashion. So you give that guy a shot. I think John Jones slows that hype train down big time, and if Luke Rockhold wants to go fight John Jones, man. Uh, if John Jones will take that fight while DC's maybe waiting on Brock or something. I, I love that John Jones wants to be active. Yeah. John Jones has a still has a huge chip on his shoulder. He wants to be the greatest fighter of all time. And, and as much as I don't like the dude's personality, you've got to admire that tenacity. And I love that he's taken the, the right fight. And... Uh, if Rockhold wants to be next in line, maybe try to win a fight first. Maybe yeah, that's what I think. Fight I mean, Gustafsson and get your ass wet. I, just, I think Gustafsson's probably at that point where if he doesn't move up to heavyweight, if he stays at light heavyweight, you're probably going to have to beat him to get a crack at the title. Um, he's going to become like a, a, a very solid gatekeeper. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, Rafael Sunsal and uh, Marlon Marias. Dana White has announced that the winner of that fight will face. Uh, TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight Championship. Um, Rafael Sunsau and uh, TJ Dillashaw have fought twice. They're one and one against each other. And Marlon Marias is, of course, on a tear at Bantamweight, but he actually has a loss against uh, Sunsau himself. Uh, really, just quickly, what do you think about uh, that potential fight? Either a Sunsau against Dillashaw or Marias against Dillashaw. Which one would you be more interested in seeing? 
Marlon Marais is on an absolute like streak right now. He's had some. I want to say. First of all, I love that fight. Yes, I, I, I love that fight. Um, the, I I think that's not the two biggest names, but if you tune into that fight, you'll see very high level stuff. Yeah, on both sides. If you watch Marais's last two fights, I, I believe he had the head kick knockout yeah. over Jimmy Rivera, and then the the knee. KO over uh, Aljamain Sterling, and uh, he did have the loss to a Sun Sal on his UFC debut. But uh, you know, you could potentially chalk that up to octagon jitters or just a Sun Sal might be the more deserving guy. Yeah, just, at this point, you know, Sun Sal's I think won something crazy yeah. like nine of his last eleven, or maybe more than that. He's he's had a very successful division, run. It's yeah, top. Yeah, he's the number one contender, and he's fighting for that spot. Yeah, and he's had the he's had the misfortune though of fighting in a division that's had guys like Dominic Cruz and T.J. Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt, guys at the UFC's tried to market, and the Sun Sal's kind of been on the sideline there. But uh, you know, here he can he finally has an opportunity to uh, you know really earn that shot, and um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you don't see a lot of fights these days that are clearly marked as number one contender belts, but. Uh, that's clearly a number one. This is one, now. yeah. And that's good. All right, uh, last few topics. Uh, Derek Lewis against Junior Dos Santos has been announced for UFC, I believe, Wichita. Kansas. Yeah. Um, so there's um, there's that. I know. First of all, that's the arena that hosts the the Jayhawks. I like that mascot. Mm-hmm. That's about all. I- Jack Jack likes that mascot as well. Here we go. Um, Jack's first appearance of the podcast. He's very upset right now. Um, good fight. Good fight. Gonna, it's going to be one of those cards that they don't necessarily stack head to toe, but there will probably be two or three more pretty good fights on that card. Yeah, good heavyweight that's fight. Good, good heavyweight fight. Yeah, you got a former title challenger in Who Lewis. Who wins that one? Uh, you know, I, I think I would have said Lewis. This... I, I, what I'm going to say is I think we've got a competitive fight here. Dos Santos, um, you know, every time he has a loss where it looks like he's reached the end, he'll come back in his next fight and look fantastic. Um, the last fight Derek Lewis was in was billed as one of the cards of the year. And it was a great card. It was not a good fight. He was coming off a month prior. He fought... If even a month, Francis three weeks or so, it was not a long... Um, oh, no. Are you talking about the Volkov fight? Oh, Volkov, excuse me. It yeah. was Volkov. Yeah, and then he got we the... We were there for that Yeah, fight. and then he got the uh, Cormier fight three weeks later. My balls... My balls are hot. hot. was hot, yeah. I love Derek Lewis. Um, I, I, I would see to. Junior winning that fight as of right now. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch, though. I'm definitely interested Yeah, for sure. That. All right, sorry for the abrupt ending. We're still trying to get the hang of this whole recording thing. But uh, before we go, I want to encourage you to get on MMATorch.com um, and check out. There's daily news updates. Uh, there's several podcasts. Uh, the latest one is MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. Uh, they had an episode come out recently. Um, there's the year-end review articles. Basically, just it's a month-by-month breakdown of... 2018 uh, in MMA. We've got the year-end awards, which is, you know, best submission, best fight, best KO of the year. Those are always uh, fun. We've got the roundtables. Then, specifically, Frank Hyden's got an article up called The Semantics of Accolades. It's very interesting. So I encourage you to get on MMA Torch uh, really daily. Just check out everything that's going on there. 
And uh, I want to thank them as always. Uh, And for Patrick Shaheen, I'm Cole Henry, and I want to wish all of you a wonderful day.